Hello, everyone. Rob Wolf with The Loan Factory, and you're listening to The Lone Wolf Podcast. That's loan spelled L-O-A-N as in borrow money. You might also see me in my YouTube channel, which also goes by the same name, The Lone Wolf Podcast. Just put that in the search engine on YouTube and you can watch this episode. You can reach me by email at rob.wolf at loanfactory.com or give me a call on my cell, 727-366-5722. I'm not a bank, so you can reach me after 5 o'clock or even on the weekends. That cell phone is my only phone, and I believe in the ABCs of business. Always be communicating. Okay, I am a licensed loan officer. Believe it or not, some people out there are not licensed loan officers, those at banks and credit unions. But anyway, uh, I am licensed in Florida, where I live, Pennsylvania, where I grew up, and the great Rocky Mountain state of Colorado, where I just came back from being off the grid for five days. What a, what a trip it is out there. Loan factories licensed in 47 states. So if you're looking for help in another state besides when I'm licensed in, give me a call. I can hook you up with a fellow loan officer and they'll take good care of you. All right. So this podcast is just me, but I do have guests on here. Okay. Affiliated in the mortgage field, real estate professionals, insurance, uh, title people, even uh, like if you're handyman, construction guy, whatever, just give me a call if you want to be a guest and we can work something out to be on one of my podcasts. All right. I keep these podcasts under 30 minutes. This one will probably be in that 15, 20 minute range. And I post them every Wednesday at 9 p.m. And if you miss it, just go to www.thelonewolfpodcast.com and you can look at this episode and previous episodes. Okay. Just remember to use loan, L-O-A-N in the Lone Wolf Podcast and also use Google Chrome in your search engine. Okay. So we're going to talk about USDA loans, United States Department of Agriculture. Now, why am I choosing this? Well, a few reasons that these are eligible for a lot of people, a lot of properties in the country. But I hear a lot about DPA, down payment assistance. And a lot of these are running out of money. And I've been telling my realtor friends to keep an eye out because you could be having buyers that have properties that are eligible for this USDA loan. Okay, so a little background, USDA loans are in rural areas, okay, not urban areas. So I'm in Clearwater, Florida, Pinellas County. There is no property in Pinellas County that is eligible for this program. Okay, if you're in a big city, it's not going to work. However, If you live on the outskirts, the suburbs of a city, and go a little bit further, it could be eligible. So bear with me. I'm going to share my screen with you, and I'm going to show you a couple screens, obviously, to see if there's a property that's eligible. Okay, so I went on to the website, eligibility.sc.egov.usda. I know that's a mouthful, but when you go on that website, look to the left, upper left, and you'll see a a link, single family housing. Okay, click that. And you can actually look 
to see what areas of the country are eligible. So a single family housing guaranteed and proposed eligibility areas. Okay. So what I did is I punched up an address. Let's see. One, zero, zero, two, six. And that it's not my home, but it's close enough. <laughs> okay. So what this does, I'm not sure if you can see this on the screen, but it shows that this is not eligible, but it shows a color. Okay. And so when you zoom out, you can see the pink area is not eligible, but just outside of it, there are some areas. So for those looking on my YouTube channel, you know, north of Tampa, there's Temple Terrace, Lutes, Land of Lakes. If you go just a little bit above Land of Lakes, you see this area and Zephyr Hills, those are eligible properties. Okay. So that gives you a range or just areas of the country. But if you have a specific property, you can do the same. You go to property eligibility and you put in a specific address and you'll know if it's eligible. Okay. So hope that helps to find, you know, if a property is eligible, just the area of your country that you're looking in. All right. Because I just came from Colorado. I was near Walden, Colorado, where all the moose are. Uh, and that's a very, very rural town. Basically, all those properties are eligible under uh, USDA guidelines. So let's talk about we've already mentioned the eligible areas. Okay. Let's talk about income. Okay. You cannot make more than 115% of the average median income of that area. Okay. So for instance, if the average median income of your area is $100,000, you can't make more than $115,000. Okay. Let me share my screen again. And there's a website that you can check to see this. So do, 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 let's see, Windows here. Hang in there. Sorry about this delay. There's a site, ami-lookup-tool.fannymae.com. And you can punch in an address. And that'll tell you the average median income of your county. So... My zip, I know the whole 11-digit number. Yeah, how about that? Didn't come up. Let's just put in the zip. So the average in this area, if you can see this, is 89,400. So 115% of that, I'm going to do the math real quick. Uh, let's say nine, about 13.5 is going to be somewhere around $103,000. That's the most you can make. Okay. And it shows 80%, 50% in those areas. So that's a tool you can use to see what is your AMI of your area. Now, let me go back and talk about this income. And I want to be very specific about this because this is definitely something that they check. That income is for everyone in the house. 
And when I mean everyone, if you've got an 18-year-old in high school that's working, that counts. Okay? So be very careful about that. And please do not think you can get around not counting your kids. Okay? They will find out. That'll be mortgage fraud. And you don't want to go down that road. So make sure that you work with your lender and say, I've got a 20-year-old going to college but does work 20 hours a week at this place and, and, and put that down, okay? So make sure you got the household income. A couple other factors, we'll go through these. You have to occupy it as your primary residence. This is not for secondary homes or investment properties. You've got to be a U.S. citizen, um, uh, U.S. non-citizen national uh, qualified alien, like a green card. And here's another good thing. You have to be declined by other programs like FHA and conventional. Okay. Now, if you think about it, it makes sense that you would be declined um, if you're going to this program indirectly because you're, you're looking for no down payment. Okay. Well, conventional FHA, you have to have a down payment. So if that is restricting you uh, to getting a conventional, for instance, if you've got a property you're looking for for $300,000, well, 3% down payment is $9,000 plus closing costs would be about $12,000. That's $21,000. If you don't have that money, then you would be declined on conventional. Okay, does that make sense? And you can get with your lender. And explain, I, I don't know if I can qualify for conventional, but if not, can we go USDA? And they will run your loan through desktop underwriter to see if it's eligible or not through conventional or FHA. Okay, so just make sure that you're unable to uh, get those loan programs. So I think I mentioned it, it does have to be a single family house, uh, can be a manufactured home, can be a modular home, a condominium. A townhouse cannot be mobile home. Okay. And for those that are a little confused about that, I've gone over these with another uh, video. The mobile homes were built before 1976. Okay. Um, then they came in and said, okay, we're going to update the standards. So anything after 1976 is a manufactured home. Those are the ones we see going on a highway, you know, wide load. Those are manufactured homes. Modular homes are the ones that are built in a factory, but actually affixed to a foundation. They could be the ones also going down a highway, but when they get on site, they're put on the foundation. All right. So hopefully that helps. Let me know uh, if you have any questions about that, but make sure mobile homes don't count under this program. Okay. They have to meet HUD guidelines. And what I mean by that is it's similar to FHA. They're going to make sure this place is livable. Okay, this is not for the fixer uppers. And if there's a property that needs repairing, that there's windows broken, there's guardrails missing, uh, you know, they have to get repaired. Uh, they they need to get fixed by the seller, uh, so to say. Okay, so make sure they meet the standards of that. There's no maximum price on these homes, but if you think about it there is a maximum of your income in your house. So that's going to limit you by how much, you know, of a purchase price the house will be. Now, being that these are rural areas, um, there is no acreage limit, but I say this with caution. It does need to be uh, like the area. 
okay, standard to the area. For instance, I used to live in Springfield, Illinois, and not too far outside of it, there are rural communities that, let's say, a builder came in, had a road made, and put five-acre lots uh, with houses, and that's perfectly uh, normal for that area. But if at the end there's a place with a 100-acre lot, then that probably wouldn't fit into this equation. Okay, does that make sense? So just make sure that um, it's nothing out of the ordinary. This can't be uh, like a seasonal property um, or flipping property, anything like that. Income. So if you're self-employed, you're going to have to show two years worth of taxes, okay, uh, to your history. Now, if it's not self-employed, it's just one year. Okay, a little different than the FHA and conventional requirements. So keep that in mind. Uh, we mentioned that there's no down payment reserves. And, you know, for credit, there's no hard number. I, I tell people most lenders will want 600 or more. There might be other lenders that can go lower than this. But this is part of the program that if you've got poor credit, that your lender might be able to work with you and state a case to underwrite. Okay. But you have to show that you're establishing better credit uh, and working towards that. Okay. But if you want to keep it simple, have a 620 or more credit and, and you're good to go. Okay. Your DTI debt to income. Again, there's no hard number on this. But a good guideline is 41%, maybe 45%. Okay, so DTI, refresh your memory, is debt to income. What is your grossly monthly income? Okay, so if you make $3,000 a month, okay, I'm going to do the math on my calculator because I can't do it on my head that quick. Your total debt can't be more than $1,350 a month. And total debt is your credit cards, your car payments, student loans, that stuff, plus this mortgage. Okay, so keep that in the back of your head. You want to try to keep it under that 45%. Again, they might be able to bump this to maybe 50% if we stay a case. So it's not a hard number to stick to, but to play it safe, 45 would be good. Okay, here are some good things. Okay, remember I said, yeah, there's no down payment, but you still got to pay for closing costs. Uh, closing costs would be appraisals. Okay, you're going to actually you're going to pay for that up front. I don't know of any appraiser that's going to do the work for free until the closing table, because what if the deal falls through that he doesn't get paid? Okay, so you're, you're probably going to pay for the appraisal up front, $600, $800, somewhere in that range. You're probably going to have to pay for a credit report. Okay, that could be sixty to eighty dollars up front. But let's talk about the other closing costs. You can get seller concessions. Okay, what are seller concessions? You just have your real estate agent ask the seller, "I've got a buyer. It's going under the USDA program, and they could use a little help. Would you be able to give some concessions of?" one, two, three percent of the sale price. So for example, if the property is 300,000 dollars, 
and you ask for 2% concessions, that's basically saying, could I get 6% from you to help me out on closing costs? Now, you may be saying, why in the heck would a seller do that? Well, let's think of how real estate works, okay? If the property is listed at $300,000, are people going to give an offer for three hundred? dollars Now, it was that way a couple of years ago when all these bidding wars were going on. But about this time of the podcast, people are offering lower prices. They may say, how about two eighty-five? dollars How about $290,000? Well, what if you say, I'll offer you $298, but I need 3% concessions or 2% concessions. That's $6,000. So in reality, they come away with $292. Okay, so if you get confused about concessions, let me know, and I can I can walk you through that, how you can use that at, to your advantage, not only with USDA, but FHA and conventional loans. The other thing is gift funds. You can receive gift funds from family members to help you out with closing costs. So theoretically, I did say you got to have some money. But if you get seller concessions and zero down, you could probably get into a home under this program if if everything lines up for under a thousand dollars. OK, or a couple thousand dollars. So keep that in mind that uh, concessions and, and, and gift funds are allowed. So I mentioned that we're purchasing. Um, here's another one. Now, th- these are 30-year fixed rates, okay? There's not uh, variable interest rates that, that are used here. And the interest rates tend to be about, you know, conventional. They may be a little bit lower to help the people out, uh, such as like FHA loans. The other one is, these may not be 30-year fixed, okay? They can get extended up to 38 years, okay, to make your payments lower, okay? So we'll keep that in mind uh, as as you go through the process uh, to, to lower the monthly payments. And here's another one that the loan is based on the appraised value, not the purchase price, okay? So if you have a purchase price of 300 and the appraised value is 305, okay, then you can get those $5,000 extra to help pay for closing costs. All right. See how that works? That was pretty neat. So keep that in mind, um, you know, as you're going through the process. Now, I will say that the USDA... I've heard other fellow loan officers say that going through Gus guaranteed underwriting system, that and plus the other uh, things that go into this, it does take longer. I would highly recommend that you consider a 45-day uh, close, not a 30-day close, because these, these take a little more time. Okay. Um, let me go over a couple other things that I may have missed. Oh, there is an upfront mortgage insurance premium, okay, which is 1%, okay, because you're taking out a mortgage. They need um, assurance that this will be paid back. If not, then that's what this is paid for. So it's 1% of the value of the property. So remember I said um, $300,000 property? Well, you're going to be paying $3,000. That's 1% upfront. And then every year after, it's, 0.35% 
you know, 35 of 1%. So in other words, for every $100,000, it's $350 a year for mortgage insurance that you have to pay for the life of this loan. Okay, so hopefully I explained that well enough. Um, I already went over the median income. It's all the people. And, oh, I think I mentioned this before. Yes, I did. You have to be denied from the other programs, conventional FHA. Um, let's see what else. Oh, uh, bankruptcy. If you've got a bankruptcy, depending on which one, uh, to play it safe, you want to be three years removed. But there might be some situations that if you're, you could only be one year removed uh, for like a chapter seven, but those are extenuating circumstances. If there's a foreclosure out there, you're going to have to be three years uh, removed from that as well. Okay, so that is all that I can think of at this time for the USDA loan program. But again, in summary, the big uh, item is it's zero down. It is available in about 97 properties in this country, but obviously it doesn't work for those people in the city area or, or highly congested areas. But if we've got borrowers that can step out a bit, they might be able to work this out. And I gave you those uh, websites to check for eligibility, uh, your average median income, and that's for everyone in a house. But again, if you have questions, concerns, hit me up anytime, and I'd be more than happy to answer those questions. So again, my email, rob.wolf at loanfactory.com. My cell is 727-366-5722. And you can see me on www.thelonewolfpodcast.com or punch it into YouTube and you can uh, watch me uh, on YouTube. All right, folks, thanks again for listening or watching whatever you're doing. And I will see you next podcast. Okay, have a great night. Yeah.